on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Job Dean Cox again, this time he's in. At the second time of asking, Dean Cox takes Leighton Orient a step closer to Wembley. Carroll. Jonathan Tahue. Capable of anything. Tahue! Equaliser for Leighton Orient! We're not a city, we're not a town. We're the only one of us around And you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the rest Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orient from each end Lay an Orient from each end well, a very good evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome along to another edition of the Orient Hour. I'm Andy Gilson in the Brentwood studios of Phoenix 98 FM, joined at the moment, not at the hip, but at the moment, by uh, Howard Gould. And welcome back to Lee Boys. Welcome back, Lee. Nice to see you in the studio. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, nice to be back. Good man. And uh, Howard? Yeah, hi Andy, yeah, nice to be here again. Good man, we are waiting on uh, Simon Cooper, who is probably stuck in traffic, I believe there's some bad problems with the A12 at the moment, so uh, it may not be Simon's fault, he might be sitting there, you know, gripping the wheel, going, I'm supposed to be there, but he's not. So let's uh, let's straight away look back to uh, Saturday, because on the field it's been a successful week for the club, and they've sort of got themselves back in a, back, back in uh, in the contention again for that title, because they had a bit of a wobble, and January was a little bit horrible Howard wasn't it to say the least yeah yeah it wasn't a good month was it um yeah Saturday seemed to uh, uh there was a lot of apprehension wasn't there because we got the, the team was certainly different um the new boys hadn't quite settled in yet the two center halves were people were questioning and are they going to be good enough are we falling apart whatever and then uh it just seemed to click on on, on Saturday didn't it it was um Everyone was looking forward to the Wimbledon debacle, getting them back for the game mm. at at, uh, at the Dons, and and uh, I think the highlight was Harry Pell being pulled <laughs> halfway through the second half, and um, and getting the win was 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 uh, was great, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Lee, I mean, you were there to 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 see that one, and, and we mentioned in the show last week when all the lads I will say apart from me um, said that the, the result would best they could get hope for was a draw and I thought we'd win and the reason was Lee is that when, you, when you're having a bad run and you're trying to be a football team sometimes when you're playing a side like Wimbledon who I don't think know what playing football really means it's a, a bit of hoofborn hit and hope sometimes when you, you play a team like that it's it's doing you a favour because it's 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 a bit of a lottery really well i mean wimbledon like you say they ain't changed they ain't changed over the years so you know you've got to come together as a team and really dig deep to beat a team like wimbledon and basically that's what we've done saturday so yeah it's gotten back on the right foot Right, and uh, through the door, and he very quietly entered the studio, uh, Simon Cooper. Good evening, Simon. Good evening, Andy. Sorry I'm late, everyone. That's all right. You're forgiven. <laughs> I think the listeners have forgiven you. Thank you. That's all right. Now, we're, we're on Saturday's match here uh, at the moment, uh, Simon, and uh, your, your, your feelings about that match? Yeah, it was, um, it was a win we needed, wasn't it? And it was one of those ones where it felt like... Um, the whole thing felt like a turning point to me on Saturday. I felt... We came in. I was a bit nervous about the team at the start. I think a few people were. I saw, I saw Jamie before, Jamie Strike beforehand, and he was nervous as well and worrying about it. And I was like, Ed Turns, is he going to do the job? And uh, it turns out we didn't need to worry, did we? Although Wimbledon had quite a few chances, which I'm sure we'll get on to. Yeah, I mean, they, they did create a few chances, Wimbledon. In fact, Howard, it was, there was two or three very good chances indeed for Wimbledon to score. 
Yeah, I was in uh, sitting in the north stand this season, so those chances were coming right at us, and uh, how those guys missed. They, they, I think they were a couple of the new fellas that they bought in as well. So mm. I, I listened to the uh, uh, post-match. Um, chat from their manager and uh, he was trying to hide his disappointment shall we say well a couple of Sunday it. morning finishes there God, yeah, yeah we, we did get away with it and then the one that uh, that uh, Tomo took on his head was, was great Got the uh, in fact that got the crowd going again for the last five minutes so um, yeah I mean we're riding it, it seems like we, we as you said before the January was a bad time and we we ran out of luck didn't we we were all saying in the early season we had loads of luck even from the first game onwards like the Mansfields and all that we were we were riding it and then we've lost it but it seemed to slowly come back even last night um you know they've hit the post and uh uh, we got away with one where it's gone over the bar so um hopefully now I think that uh with the luck back and the squad that we've got certainly if you look at the depth of that squad now and the players are already settling in I think that Ed turns looks like he's going to be a player um and you the know, finish from uh, Moncur was a really classy finish, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he done. Funny enough, um, the irony was he tried that at Crew. He did the same thing, and he loves his little double touch inside the box, getting through, and that was, and he hit the bar at the Crew in the FA Cup game, uh, and it was pretty similar to that. Uh, but last night, he's fin- uh, uh, the Wimbledon game. He fin- uh, oh, let's get, get it right in a minute. Wimbledon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He finished, and um, but we know he can do that. The thing is, it's why is he? You know, the question with monks is, um, why, why is he not doing it every week for us? And it's just starting to come to fruition now a little bit. But he admitted himself in the in the post match, didn't he? In his post match, saying that he's he's had a, he had his uh, teeth problem and he just felt a bit rough, but he feels like he's getting better now. So. I think um, being op- being my optimistic pessimist, <laughs> uh, I think the end of the season looks all right, mate. Yeah, I mean Lee, you know, same with Monco. He's, he's hot and cold. A lot of people think that you're only seeing about seventy seventy percent of him. Um, what are you your views on him? Oh well, yeah, I mean he's been a he's been major player for us. I think it was Jabo said last night. He's like you can see the quality that he brings uh, uh, instead of the rest of the, the midfield. Yeah, he probably has been 70%, but then, say, like, it's a probably different formation that he's used to, his different style of play, but his, his quality does show, show out, sort of thing. And like Howard just said, if he's been ill for a little while and just been a bit of form and he's back fully fit now, well, that's, a, that's what a player that is to have for the last... 16 games. Well, if you can find the other 25, 30%, um, Simon, he could cause more than a few problems. Yeah, I think on Saturday, felt like Monka, it's like he decided to come out and win that game. It was like he, he decided to step up on Saturday and he did, didn't he? I also, and I know um, Howard, we might have different opinions on Sadlier, uh, but I thought him and I, I feel like he's, I think he's already improved Monka. I feel like they might have. The same kind of footballing brain. Like I think they're on the. It just felt like he they they trust each other, and it yeah. felt like they're on the same page. And the, I think already he might be kind of bringing the best out of Moncur. Possibly it's just another person who's thinking the same way that they do about football. Possibly. That's an interesting point. Yeah, because I mean that if you can get those links and and, and those sort of psychological links where you got you know mentally. T- telepathic almost that you know what the other players doing that's what you're looking for isn't it yeah. so um, what you're saying is uh, Sally is another intelligent footballer really yeah he is and and he's very different to Paul Smith both effective possibly Paul Smith's very direct and I think um, maybe Monker just has a more natural affinity with the way Sadly plays yeah I and mean, obviously it's, it's also that that higher level as well isn't it and as you say, a different style of play, a bit more time on the ball, Lee, as well. Monco would have been used to a little bit more time than he would have got in Division 2. I think, I think it's, it's consistency in their own ability as well. I mean, Archibald can win a game on his own, but he doesn't do it week in, week out. So you've got, like, like Monco, like you said, and Sadler come in, who are used to playing at a high, consistent level week in, week out. So they've dropped down into like an easier league, like you said, the link up between them two is probably the, they're probably the same lev- level, like mindset. They've got the consistency to do it week in, week out, and like I say, hopefully that, like you just said, link up there going forward. Yeah, I mean, and and, and the, the plus points on the weekend, Howard, were yet another clean sheet. Yeah, well, the clean sheet stats are amazing. Um, 
they're on uh, they're on Twitter now, aren't they? Saying that uh, Orin have got the most clean sheets in in all four divisions. Um, and then they've done a list, like they've run down the list, and I think Stevenage have got thirteen, but that's six. Ahead, we're six ahead of them, you know, mm. and it's like uh, nineteen clean sheets out of thirty. That's, that's, that's it's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. that is, it, 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 the yeah. more you think about it, you think, yeah. blimey, that, that, I can't that, remember an Orient team doing that. <laughs> no, uh, <you laughs> at any time. No, it's amazing. Uh, I mean, and years, yeah. I think uh, Simon just mentioned about Monks coming out and wanting to do well against Wimbledon, like something to prove. I think Beckles. In, in that game and last night he's it, I think the sending off personally I would have liked I, I, you know somebody had a go at me about saying well why should he but I, I think personally he, he, it would have been nice if he'd have come out and apologised to the fans when he got sending off for what he got sent off for because he'd let he'd let the team and the squad down for three games there and um I just thought, oh, you know, you're you're like the captain or, or whatever, you know, you're representing the squad and you should come out and say something and don't blah, 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 whatever. I don't know. He should, I just felt he should have done. Um, but he seems to have come out and he just seems in a different frame of mind. He just looked really determined. He was, No one was going to get past him last night or, or, or the Wimbledon game. So I think all these things and the Mizuni as well, he, he come out and the, the you know him and monks and and now sadly as you say they are they are ballers i mean craig clay had a great game last night i know we were talking about wimbledon and we haven't moved on to the game last night yet but you you get what's on the can with him yeah. but i think with like you say with sadly and monks they're they're clever players and they it's all to do with trust not that you don't trust somebody like craig but you know what you're going to get with him mm. whereas the other two yeah. or the other three that centre mid they can all play they're all yeah. ball players rather than Craig Clay's going to do a job Craig, exactly he's he does that job for you but you're not going yeah. to give him the ball to no. play one twos and dribble no. around someone no. whereas with the others as you say Monks mm. now can go if I give it to him I know I'm going to get it back yeah, exactly. there blah 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 and uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's looking good I think it yeah. is looking good it is yeah, I mean, and the crowd uh, attendances, as we say, I mean, that was that was a great attendance again. Uh, Lee, I mean, I've got to be honest. I mean, it's these are the highest averages since uh, what well, since the, well, the last time they averaged over seven thousand was seventy eight. So we're looking at over forty five years. Ralph, the opportunity has been there for a while to get crowds in. It's, it's having the consistency to do it. I mean, like, you go back to like the Premier League and all that. People's frustration with all that. And the championship. So the opportunity to get crowds into the lower leagues or into Orient has been there. But mm. like I say, it's getting the consistency. And when you're uh, when you're top of the league and winning games, these people come along. It's keeping them. That's the odd bit. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the problem Orient always had, I think, pre pre Barry Hearn, to be fair, was the commercial setup was just not professional, and um, they didn't really have the nous to go out there and, and, and market the club. And, and I think we suffered. As, I mean, obviously, we suffered on the field with form, but uh, I, I don't think we had a professional set-up there. And uh, until Barry got involved, and it started to become a professional uh, promotion sort of thing of the club. That was my personal feeling. I see you're looking a bit surprised there, Howard. No, I'm not, not surprised. No, I, I'm just listening. It's uh, Times move on, you know. People expect other things now, you know. So it's a lot more modern world since the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Things are moving on. Um, lots have happened in the commercial departments of clubs. Lots happened in the community mm. as well, you know. You're going out and doing stuff and the players are a lot more involved and or in, have got a reputation of being a community club, and they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots of stuff that's gone on. Um, I don't know what the crowds were like in the... 13-14 season were they not as they obviously well, weren't well, as that big no they might have been they weren't as big and as regular fives, I mean, no 5-8s yeah. to 5-7s yeah. that sort of thing but um, the, the only, I think the only issue is now is if if and when we get promoted <laughs> you, you can't squeeze any more people in there's well, no, literally no space, is there? So this, they've really got to look at that if they want to progress. I'll be honest with you, I, I, I commentated on a match at Mansfield. It was on the night that they opened their, their new stand. Um, this is going back probably about 20 years, but uh, they, they had a three-tier stand because it's a funny old ground there one, isn't it? But they opened this three-tier stand and that's exactly the sort of stand we would need um, if we were to demolish 
the old uh, east side and um, and put a stand up there. It's something that would you know seat around about seven thousand people. Is is really what you'd be looking for? Maybe with a hotel underneath it or something, you know. But there would have to be something in there. I mean, um, so it's doable, um, but obviously the flats do limit what you can do. So that's why I suppose they're looking at um, all the options out there because. Yeah. The flats, you know, they were a necessary evil maybe at the time, but um, it's limited what you can and can't do. My main gripe, I'll be honest with you, Howard, with it, as we digress to the stadium a little bit, was that when they got the chance to build a new west side, it was designed so appallingly inside. I mean, you really f- struggle to put functions on because it's not wide enough. It's not It's not conducive to putting a function on. You know, it, it literally was an office block with a few seats stuck on here. <laughs> I mean, it was, it could have been a lot better. It could have at least been two-tier. It could have been a lot of things, and, and it wasn't. So it was a bit of a disappointing stand, really, that one, you know. But there you go. But let's um, let's uh, jog on to uh, last night. Now, uh, last night was smiles all around. Um, particularly at the end of the match when Dave Victor spoke with Richie Wellens. Richie, thanks for joining us. Congratulations again. Back-to-back victories. You must be so satisfied with what you've seen last yeah, couple really of days. really professional, efficient, um, on obviously a difficult pitch. Um, at times we, we moved the ball about really, really well. Um, got in their final third, loads and loads of touches in their box. And um, I said it last week in the first half, it felt like we was back. Um, and it, it felt even more so tonight. Really, really professional performance. And we've had that little little spell where new players are coming in, we've got injuries, the new players are settled in now, they're confident with the group, the good lads have settled in really, really well. And um, you know, we, we look good tonight. It turns, is going from strength to strength? Yeah, I mean, I think when <laughs> Fozzie will take another pat on the hat, uh, sorry, pat on the head because you know, he identified El Mazzuni and Ed in the last two games and even in training, he just found his feet. I thought the first couple of training sessions and, and the first game, he just... You know, you're difficult, you're 20 years old, 19, 20 years old and you're starting in, in your debut and um, and you, you, you've been settled into that 23s football. It can take a little bit of time, especially for a centre-half, you know, forwards and, and, and wingers can get away with it a little bit more but, you know, I thought he was excellent. I thought Sad was, you just see the, the, the class that he's got. El Mazuna, the two centre-halves, I thought, you know, Tom James started slowly but then was, was different class. Same with Phil, started slowly. So again, like we spoke about, Last week, we probably had the majority of the team, eight, eight plus tonight, really, really good performance. Jaden Sweeney's been very patient, hasn't so I didn't he? Ma- I didn't mention Jane. He's, listen, his win rate is when he starts, he wins. So he was unlucky at one point because we just wanted to, we know how good Rob Hunt is. Um, and Sweeney's can go from being excellent and looking like a top player, just have little flaws, at, the little things in his game, but he's a young kid, he's, he's, he's developing all the time and we, it's our responsibility, it's our job as coaches to try and iron them flaws out and, and try and polish him off as a player. Theo seemed to enjoy his night. Yeah, not the first 20 minutes because he's a little bit, you know, the ball's bouncing off him a little bit and he's trying to, his body language isn't good and then second half his body language is excellent and when Theo plays with a smile on his face he's a different player to when Theo plays with a you know a chip on his shoulder there's a, there's a big difference great character great work great you know what you're always going to get and I've said before that I trust him as a player you know but I want to see him enjoy his footy and, and play play with a smile on his face and it was a really strong bench really strong bench this I was pretty nervous when I got here because you tweeted that we haven't won here in what Nine, nine years yeah, so you filled me with a load of confidence so um, we felt we needed to pick a strong bench <laughs> uh, well I'll take the credit for that one in that case uh, Richie but uh, coming up next of course it's Walsall a very different test they've had a yeah. they've spent a lot of money this transfer window yeah I think we played a million this season we probably played them a good time because Flynn is a good manager know, knows the level inside out and we got on he was a massive injury list so I knew that when we played them probably two or three games after that when he started getting the players back they would come strong they've come strong went to watch them the other, the other night at Salford away you know big strong physical the pitch was similar to here so it was difficult to play football in the night but listen, first and foremost you need to match their power and, and athleticism and, and if you do that then we'll have a chance Six games in February so will you be re- rotating the squad? Um, listen we've got the option to um, but again we try and pick the best team what, there's no point so we bring Sads off with, with 10-12 minutes to go and that's not a reflection on his performance because he's outstanding it's just we know we've got a game coming Saturday he's, come, he's new to the club finding his feet probably what's that 390 minutes in a short space of time and Ruel's chomping in a bit honestly in training Ruel looks like a, a player same with Driz Driz has come back you see his physicality when he comes on so listen I'm 
delighted with the squad they're a top group of lads and you know a load of load a load of talent in there it's a long journey on a Tuesday night, 350. Not for me, it's not about 45 minutes from here. <laughs> but those 350 plus supporters, it was a long journey and they're yeah, glad no, they came. Listen, we all go through patches of the season where it's not, it's not, it's professional sport, it's a sport at a high level where you always get two teams trying to, trying to take three points off each other and sometimes it doesn't go your way. You know, I think the, the professional of my players on, on, again, I repeat, a really tough pitch. It doesn't help cruise players as well, it's not easy to play on. It's bouncy, it bounces high. Um, but it was brilliant at the end when we went over and you know appreciated their support. Um, you know they should be proud of the players because they've got a group, they've got every everybody at the club. They should be really pleased with this football club because from the board through to Linga, through to the staff, through to the players, every single one um, cares about the club. But when you care and you've got a talent, it can go a long way. And it's been a sad week for the club, hasn't it? Yeah, Kev. Obviously, we, I heard about that to, today, and then and Peter Allen, who's obviously a legend of the club. So, you know, respect to their family, and, and, and as a club, we pay our respects. But I think, you know, if they'd been watching from up there, they'd be proud of our performance because um, it was full of full of a lot of good stuff. So, you know, send my condolences from the club to their families. Thank you, Richie. All right, no problem. Thank you. There you go. That's uh, Richie speaking with Dave Victor and a nice touch there to uh, pay tribute to both uh, Kevin and uh, Peter. And we'll be coming on to that later on ourselves. Um, right, guys, um, a very satisfying evening out in crew, really, Simon, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, I came home from work last night and I was excited to watch the football. I thought this was going to be good. I was looking forward to seeing Sadlier again and uh, he didn't disappoint. It was great. It was great. I, I had a, yeah, it was, um, it was comprehensive, quite comfortable. They had a couple of chances either side of the break, didn't they? That where, like, like you said earlier, they hit the post. Um, we got a bit of luck there, but it didn't ever feel like we weren't going to get a result out of last night, I don't think. It felt kind of just... You know, we were just a better team, weren't we? But the golfing class Lee was there to see, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean they're a team. Like it was some bad run of form, they had like I think three 0 they lost at the weekend. They changed the two centre halves. Uh yeah, we, I said we just took the form from Saturday, the composure and all that into this game. They knew it was a, a very could be a very easy game on a terrible pitch, but yeah, it was a it was pleasing. In, when you, know, when you say that, though, Lee, you just said it, the word, the terrible pitch, and that, that is a great leveller, isn't it? If the pitch is not good, it does prevent you from playing the sort of football you like to play. Yeah, I mean, there was a few times, like I think, especially with, uh, I think it was Archibald, where Archibald and James, down the right, where the, uh, the pass didn't quite go as they planned it, and I think they were backtracking a bit to try and keep, keep possession of it. But it's, it's, it's League Two. You've got you, we play on them pitches this time of year, so they've got they should be used to it. Really, it felt like the team quite quickly adapted as well last night. Like James was putting in some longer balls quicker than sometimes he might have been doing on other pitches. Like there were there was long balls going in. They were good long balls. They were yeah. over the top in the right places, and they were to feet sometimes. But we were going longer quicker. I think yesterday. Yeah, I was, I was saying they're moving the ball quicker, weren't they? That's that's the, that's the main, and that's the secret. You know, if, if you move the ball quickly, you're always going to create problems. You know, it's when you dawdle on it and stand around thinking that things go wrong. I mean, Howard, uh, plus points for you last night, apart from the result. Say that again. I said plus points for you. Plus points. Um, to be honest, uh, the, the win was expected. I mean, really, I'd gone up for the FA Cup game. And we should have won that. We should have won that quite comfortably, actually. And uh, I was really disappointed that we came away losing that in the last minute. And I thought, well, if they play the same tactics, obviously, or in, we, w- we would have learned from that. I know they had a couple of different players, um, but a lot was similar. The guy who came on um, and replaced their new fella was the guy who scored the goal against us up there. And he gave us that trouble for five minutes because his pace, Sweeney had to get, get hold of that guy's pace. Yeah, adapted to it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, oh, second half, it might be interesting down that side with Sweeney. But um, I think Sweeney is, is doing great. He's, he's, he's come in and it's, uh, he's just showing his class. He's, he's got a good brain on him. He's good te- uh, technically. Um, and it, it, I won't, it wasn't easy, but it was expected. You could see we were the better team. Yeah. And it yeah, would have been very disappointing. Yeah, if anything, yeah, other no, than the win. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, it was a team you think, okay, you've got Craig, uh, Craig Clay's in the middle. He hasn't played for a while. Um, he's got a point to prove. He got sent off up there last time. And um, no, they all put a shift in and they all did a job. 
come away with a 2-0 win really it was expected we'd be very disappointed if we didn't beat Croom I think it, we should repeat that on the, and I think we've got to play him at home as well yet yeah towards the end of the season yeah, yeah. so I think yeah. so I'm back to Sweeney like he he just provided real energy last night didn't he and he's kind of He's, he's got stronger as well. Like He's stronger compared to last season. He just feels like, again, he's a different option to Hunt or James. Again, yeah. he's more direct. He's just more aggressive. Like he's, He doesn't ping the balls all over the pitch, but he does overlap. Yeah, he's got pace as well, Lee, he has. hasn't he? Yeah, he has got pace. He, I mean, he, he's, you can see he's, he's doing the right, or trying to do the right thing. I did think last night a few of his passes and a few of his runs mm. were were the wrong choices. Like, And what I, what I did like was... I think there was a couple of times where he got more or less in Sadler's way sort of thing. But it was mm. no like Sadler like sort of moaning at him or anything like that. It was it was like sort of like, okay, let's go again like sort of thing, which was which was nice to see. Because I mean obviously Sweeney's gonna need confidence. He's, he, he's probably having the best form he's ever had for us at the moment and looks like he's progressing. But little knocks could could stop him in his tracks, sort of thing. Mm. So to see to see them little things that were going wrong like, or, or didn't go right last night. And there was no light sort of uh, lambasting him or nothing like that. It was all, yes, just keep going, keep going, keep going. And, and uh, listen, that's a successful team. Yeah, and I mean, the thing with Sweeney is he's, he's gaining in confidence, Lee, I think because the manager's given him the confidence by, by putting him in there. Yeah, I mean, with Sweeney, I mean, he's uh, he's obviously come through. He come through with Shad, who was playing left-back at the time. Uh, he had Connor Wood there. He's had, he's had players in front of him like since he, he'd come into the side. So he's not had a a great opportunity to have a run but this is now this is his opportunity he, he, he's had loan spells he's we, we've right, uh, stayed with him and all that and give him new contracts and now this is his time to show what he can do because like I say he's got no real challenge probably Rob Hunt who, who's not naturally a left-sided player so he's got the opportunity now to really progress his career and, and, and kick on Good stuff. And uh, Simon, once again, another clean sheet, another tick for the clean sheet box and uh, the goal's well taken. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it turns good finish for a centre-back, wasn't it? And uh, you can just tell, yes, I saw a tweet earlier, someone saying he's, he's turned from a catastrophe <laughs> signing into Bobby Moore overnight, which is kind of just what happens, isn't it? But it just proves the, how Beckles in the middle of that defence calms everyone around him down. Now, he might stress people out in the stands, but he clearly gives everyone else he's playing with confidence because Turns just was um, so, like so much praise for Beckles after the game as well. You can tell that he just felt comfortable in that defence and he just, you know, he had a great game, didn't and he? What, what was the tweet? What did the tweet say? It you? said he went from uh, overnight, Ed Turns has gone from like um, panic by signing into Bobby Moore. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, some of these people, you know, I think you could write what they know about football on a matchbox and have room for a couple of stamps, I think. I mean, it's just, uh, I know you, I'm grateful some of these people aren't running the team, you know, because uh, you read the message board and you read Twitter and things, you think we, we'd be bottom two if we, we had this lot running the club, <laughs> to be honest, some of them. But uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I'll just say that it's just, you get the feeling that we're back on track now and with a, with a match coming up on the weekend, we could be sitting here this time next week discussing four straight wins, couldn't we? Yeah, if you look at the games to come, um, <clears throat> the problem is there is expectation, um, ex- expectation yeah, now yeah. that uh, oh, it's only uh, all right. Walsall, Walsall won't be easy. No. I think pe- a lot of people are going to go. I'll take a draw now, which yeah. is we probably would, um, as long as it's a clean sheet and nil nil. <laughs> um, but now with Sadlier in there and uh, a couple of the new boys, you'd expect a couple of goals maybe to pop up a bit more often if, if Smythe is coming back in the in the squad, which he should do in the next week or two. Um, and then, yeah, look, looking at the fixtures, the problem is the expectation. But I don't see now... Uh, there, there was a good um, tweet that... Uh, was put up about the fixtures for the the four teams at the top there who have got the next uh, the next six games, and there's quite a few teams there that we're all playing. Uh, three out of the four teams, like there's, I think it's Crawley and Grimsby, that we're all playing them. So it's a matter of how we do against those teams compared to how the other lot do. Um, but there's nothing. There's nothing really to be scared of, is there? 16 games to go. There's enough on Twitter now saying, oh, we need 80 points and we need this number of points and we only need six wins, which is all true, really. The games are running out without even realising. Can't believe we actually played 30 games this season already. It's it's really flown past. Amazing, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, so for for the amount of wins and if you look at the teams we've got to play... Um, you think our squad 
our squad is good enough, whatever you say. They are good enough to get six more wins, mm. so it's just a matter of trying to uh, trying to enjoy it. But uh, get them the typical Orient way, yeah, it always yeah. leaves it. The last ten minutes are always squeaky bum in any game, aren't they? With <laughs> yeah, Orient, exactly. right? Uh, whether you're winning or losing, so. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll have a listen to what Dave Victor's got to say about things in this week's Victor's View. Victor's View is brought to you in association with E3 Security Services. E3 Security Services are specialists in event security. If you require close protection, door supervision or stewards anywhere in Essex, London or the home counties, then contact Lee at E3 Security Services on 07 947 843 That's 07 943 E3 Security, specialists in event security. Peter Allen was not just a true Orient great, he was a lovely man. His warmth appreciated by everyone that had the privilege and pleasure to meet him. His dedication to the O's exceptional, a talented midfielder, calm and assured on the ball, strong in every tackle. Peter's record will never be beaten, his achievements never forgotten, and his legend will be passed on from one generation to the next. My thoughts are with his family and friends. What a difference when it makes. Saturday's was particularly satisfying. The faithful played their part behind Richie Wellen's men from the start. Orient's mid-season injury difficulties continue. Prattley, McCart and Paul Smith unavailable, but there is no doubt that the O's have definitely improved the quality and depth of the squad during this transfer window. Ed Turns has adjusted quickly to the demands of men's football. Against the physicality of Davison and Pels, the 21-year-old proved his worth. And at Gresty Road, he took his opportunity so well, a crucial moment in that game. Against Wimbledon, the battle for midfield supremacy vital. Lydon and Clay, together with El Mazzuni, up for the fight. Kieran Savia could be a key factor in enabling the O's to achieve their goal. The Bolton loanee offers so much, a constant threat, stretching the opposition defence. And on Saturday, as a result, George Moncur was given that little bit more space. His close control, coupled with his creativity and accuracy, proved decisive. Tuesday's victory at Crewe was far more comprehensive than the scoreline suggests, but it's a victory that restores the O's advantage at the top. Seven points clear of Stevenage, 13 ahead of Northampton. Both have games in hand, but I wouldn't swap positions. Next up, we travel to Warsaw. They've had a very interesting transfer window. Six arrivals, the standout being last season's League Two highest goal scorer, Matty Stevens, signed on loan from Forest Green Rovers, for whom he scored 24 in their promotion campaign, but he failed to score on his debut goalless draw at North. Northampton. He replaces Danny Johnson. Now he grabbed 12 in 22 games for the Saddlers and he only managed 4 in 23 for the Stags. Michael Flynn's side have won four, uh, 7, lost 3 of their last 12 games at uh, the Poundland Stadium. Their last home defeat was on the 27th of December at the hands of Stockport County. Walsall have won 2, drawn 2 and lost 2 of their last 6. Connor Wilkinson is fit again and the former O striker came off the bench at Sixfield on Saturday's recovery from a ruptured ACL. Harry Smith and Otis Kahn scored when the O's won the corresponding fixture back in April and it was Omar Beckles who hit the winner in E10 in September. No respite, bottom of the table, Rochdale at Brisbane Road next Tuesday. Jim Bentley's side have lost four following their victory at Bradford City in mid-January. Valentine's Day is an appropriate date to support the tremendous work of the Justin Edinburgh 3 Foundation. Finally, good luck to Harry Smith who got off to a tremendous start scoring in his debut for Barnet, where he'll get the regular first team action that he clearly needs. Well, thanks very much, Dave, for uh, yet another Victor's view. And um, we'll just uh, before we go on to our Peter Allen tributes, um, Lee, uh, Richie did touch on it. Uh, we lost uh, Kevin this week, and uh, I know he's a good friend of yours, and he was a friend to everybody, wasn't he, really? Because, he, as I said to you before we went on air, he was a sort of people's person, wasn't he? Everybody was his friend. Uh, he was, he was. I know it's easy to say. Uh, good things about people once they've passed, but Kev was a special, special man. He was a, uh, he's been going Orient for well, forever and a day. He knew so many people and so many people knew him and he'd always take time to talk to people. Uh, he'd, he'd be there for you, give, help you out. If he's going through a bad time, he'd be on the phone, checking everything's all right. Always buying people a drink, like, you know what I mean? Never, never expected nothing back. He'd give you the, the coat off his back. He didn't expect nothing back. He was just a lovely, lovely, genuine man who's going to be badly missed over him. 
I'm sure he will, yeah. And uh, I think everyone who knew him will echo exactly what you've just said. And also, as we say, for uh, two great wins on the field this week, two big losses off of it, Kevin being one of them, and of course, Peter Allen, the club's uh, record appearance holder, uh, passed away after a, a, a long illness, to be fair. I know he's not been very well for a while now, but um, still very, very sad when it happens. And we've got two perspectives to look at. Uh, we've got uh, the press reporter and the spectator's uh, perspective and a player's perspective of Peter. So first of all, let's go to our uh, top man, Mr. Steve Tung, and uh, hear his tribute to Peter. All Orient supporters will be aware of the club record that Peter Allen holds. 432 league appearances and almost 500 in total. But I've often wondered how many of our players down the years, if any at all, can beat his academic record. Three A-levels, seven O-levels and a place on offer at both Birmingham University and the London School of Economics. The gain for either of those esteemed educational establishments, of course, would clearly have been Orient's loss. But fortunately, the 18-year-old Peter had had enough of the classroom by then. And when Spurs hadn't been able to persuade him to join their star-studied ranks two years earlier because his parents were insistent he should have a proper education to fall back on, he was delighted to sign the contract that our manager Dave Sexton, a fellow resident of Brighton, had knocked on his door with. It offered him £25 a week and he was thrilled. Well, that was in July 1965, and so for the pre-season friendly at home to Watford in early August, one of the ten names listed in the programme as new signings, as well as the even younger Paul Went, England schoolboy's captain, was Peter Allen, a forward signed for the O's straight from grammar school, lives in Brighton. And down below, a record of the first friendly of the season away to Dover, had the name of Allen in the team for a 3-0 win. His first competitive game was in the League Cup at home to Coventry, followed a few days later by a league debut away to Portsmouth. But both, sadly, were lost. The 1965-66 season was one of the worst in Orient history. Five wins from 42 league games, bottom of Division 2 by 10 points. Dave Sexton had departed long before the end, but one of the few good points was the midfield partnership in a 4-2-4 formation of Peter Allen and Dave Mechick. He was clearly not a forward, but a midfield player, which was hard work in a 4-2-4 system, and even harder under his next manager, the old sergeant major figure of Dick Graham, who would be one of the four that Peter played under for the O's. The next one, Jimmy Bloomfield, was a player-manager, and, of course, a midfielder who initially took Peter's place before realising what a good pair they made. And long before Jim stopped playing, ahead of the memorable 69-70 third division title-winning season, Peter was established as one of the team's most consistent performers. Surprisingly fierce in the tackle, protecting the back four, but still getting forward for three or four goals a season. It was around that time that he missed just two league games in three seasons. And what exciting seasons they were, with promotion. And then in 1972, the FA Cup run to the quarter-final, beating Leicester, managed by Jimmy Bloomfield then, and then Chelsea from 2-0 down at Brisbane Road. If you look at the YouTube clips of that game, in fact, you'll see a classic piece of Peter Allen in the build-up to Phil Hoadley's famous goal, winning the ball and then somehow twisting away from his man in that ankle-deep mud. And not only that, in the second half, um, looking as composed as ever on the ball, he looks up and plays a superb flighted pass into the heart of the Chelsea penalty area that enables Mickey Bullock to equalise. Oh, and uh, in the sixth round, he's one of three Orient players who hit the bar or post before lucky Arsenal scrape through to the semi-final. And remarkably, uh, after all that heartbreaking failure to reach the top division in 1974, Peter was still around for the other famous win over Chelsea in the Stamford Bridge Cup replay of 1978, though that was one of his very last games. He'd fallen out with Jimmy Bloomfield, who was back in his second spell at the club, and was pleased then to join up again with George Petchy, who'd been sacked by the O's and joined Millwall. He was also struggling with injury, and played only 18 games for them before retirement. He was offered a coaching job at Millwall, but instead went back to studying 
and successfully trained to become a solicitor. So one of the cleverest players ever to represent the O's in every sense really because clever on the pitch is what really counts as we know. Also one of the most consistent and reliable, one of the most sporting and simply one of the nicest blokes. In the excellent book that Matt Simpson wrote called Late Orient Greats, Peter said how proud he was of playing for the club and added that he was amazed that whenever he went back to Brisbane Road to watch a game, he was remembered so warmly. But he really shouldn't have been in the least bit surprised by that. Thanks very much, Steve. Nice, uh, nice tribute there from Steve Tung. And uh, I think everyone you speak to, um, Howard, says what a gentleman he was. Yeah, he was. I was lucky enough to meet him a few times. And um, um, one recollection I had of him was... Um, <clears throat> when you're 13 in the Jewish religion, you have what's called a bar mitzvah, which is a coming yeah. of age for a boy. Mm-hmm. And um, my mum my was quite well involved with Orient uh, working for them at the time. And she invited everyone at the club to my bar mitzvah party. And uh, three of the players actually arrived. Uh, Bar- Brian Blower as well, who was the commercial head at the time. Uh, but Peter couldn't make it, but he was the only one who actually phoned my mum and then he sent a letter as well and signed a letter and apologised for not being able to come to the party. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, gentlemen, as you say, on and off the pitch. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the charity match I arranged a few, well, a long time ago now, probably in the mid, uh, mid-90s, mid and uh, against an Orient uh, Legends 11 with the, the Sunday football section that I ran from the supporters. Uh, and... Uh, he, he said, oh, my dear boy, he said, he said everyone was a dear man or a good man, my good man, my dear boy. He said, oh, my, my knees are absolutely knackered. He said, I'll probably only last about 10 minutes. You couldn't get him off the pitch. <laughs> Once he got on the pitch, you couldn't get him off. But uh, yeah, it was just, it was a privilege to be out there with the people like him. On, 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 you know, playing against him, but just to say you were on the same pitch and you played against him. But um, we had uh, Steve's view from the spectator and from the press box as well of uh, Peter. But what was it like? like to play alongside him what was he like as a man well earlier today i spoke to ricky epaulet well great to speak to uh, ricky epaulet a former crowd favorite back in the 70s at brisbane road and ricky obviously a sad week for you very sad week uh, andy very very sad week peter was a was a good man a real good man a good captain good company and a great footballer, so very, very sad. But he's not been well for quite a while, unfortunately. And uh, it was just, yeah. even though you know sort of he's not well, and when it finally happens, it's just, it's just heartbreaking, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, of course, uh, yet, yet another former uh, player with uh, that, that sort of problem, which uh, always, um, you know, it, it's uh, it's uh, in the news quite often now that about former yes, footballers. Yes, it is. And, um, you know, I know uh, our former player Danny Carter is uh, doing a lot of uh, work trying to get a special uh, care home for former footballers who are suffering with dementia problems. Um, uh, and uh, there's a lot of research going on into that at the moment. But uh, coming away from that, what were the, what were the qualities you saw in, in Peter when you came to the club? Peter, he, he was a gentle person, didn't speak loud at all, a very, very quiet person. But again, he's, he had this aura about him. He didn't really have to speak. He was, a, he was a leader. And he didn't really bollock anybody and rollock anybody about doing this and that. <laughs> He'd have a gentle word with you afterwards, after the match or on Monday or Tuesday. And he'd have a, a word with you and say that wasn't right and this wasn't right. Maybe if we did it, this. he would he would plant seeds in your mind. He wouldn't tell you what to do, but he'd plant seeds. And he was a great leader because you would you would watch him and follow. And I always say is that uh, if you went into battle, you'd need a Peter Allen by the side of you to lead the way because uh, you couldn't go far wrong. He, he was a good, good man, honestly. We had some great time together on the field, off the field, a good friend, and he he had a good way about him, a very intelligent man, and he spoke with authority, and he just had that lovely presence about him, and he was a warm and hearted man. 
I've heard yeah, it said from other players, uh, Ricky, that uh, he didn't shout a lot on the pitch, but he gave a certain glare towards you, which meant, oops, I'm in trouble. Absolutely, that's exactly what he did. He let you know, you know, sort of, he wasn't a ranter and raver at all. He didn't sort of give you a, a real telling off anything. But again, a, a look would do it. And he would have a, he certainly wouldn't let it go, but he would, he'd have a word with you later on when things had calmed down. And when he give talks, he gave the talks and everything. Again, when when times got hard, he didn't raise his voice and bang his fist on the table and say we must do. It was a gentle way about him. And as I, as I said just previously, you'd always plant seeds in your mind and you think about what he said, and uh, he'd leave it with you for you to make your own decision. But it was just a nice way. A leader does that, and you. We followed quite easy because he, he demanded attention. Yeah, no, he was he was at the club obviously for a long period, from sixty four to seventy eight, and uh, he was there for the the near miss season. He was there for the FA Cup runs, although the second FA Cup run was towards the end of his uh, his time with the club. Uh, was there a, was there an outstanding moment that you remember with uh, with Peter at the helm? Well, all I can say is that. Peter was always captain. He'd make everybody, anybody, uh, Orient signed. He'd he'd welcome them in. He'd spend time with them. He'd take them for dinner. He'd do as much as he could. He would invite you to to stay the weekend at his place in Brighton, which was lovely. He was just uh, anything really that new players came. George Petty always said, "Peter, just have a word with Peter, and Peter would look after you." until you got settled and Peter would give you advice. As you know, he's a very intelligent man and yeah. he always he spoke with authority and sense. Yes. But he used to say, Hello my dear man, dear boy. <laughs> dear boy. Come and sit down, we'll have a gentle beer together and uh, and we'll uh, we'll just mess the fight. Uh, but he was he was he was a great did you you saw him play Andy many yeah. times, didn't you? Yeah. He was a great tackler. Believe me, that nowadays people, if you raise your foot when you tackle, you deserve to be sent off. You really do because it's not the way. You're showing your studs and you've got to go. But Peter had this way. His whole body would go into a tackle. His body and his legs and everything. And very, but he was the strongest and best tackler I've ever seen. I really, I really mean that. If you tackled him, it was like tackling a brick wall. You'd bounce off him. He was, his timing was right, but he was so physically hard that once you tackled him, you would really know. And even in uh, even in training, he would uh, he wouldn't flinch. So if it was a 50-50, 90% Peter would always win the tackles. He was a, he was a great tackler, but he was a super player and. Yeah, we all benefited uh, by playing with him. Yeah, it's been it's been obviously a, a bad run for the club. I mean, John Jackson as well. Um, not yeah, John Jackson. We travelled with John from Brighton, and uh, they were they were good friends. But yeah, that was sad, John. And there's not there's a there's quite a few, unfortunately. I was invited to Preston North End uh, two weeks ago, Andy. Yeah. And when they, all the old players got together, and all the old players of my era, uh, there was only two of us left. Everybody passed on. Heartwarming, wasn't it? <laughs> it was heartwarming. Dear. So, as as you do, we had a gentle drink to all of them and to give them a nice toast, and uh, that was a nice evening. But, but there was only two of us, so. Yeah. You had a drink, but it was a very sobering evening. It was a very sobering evening. So uh, yes, it's, that's uh, that's what it is. We, I'm I'm 74 now, and uh, so yeah, here we you go. Were one of the younger members of the side, weren't you? Really, when you think about it, it's uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, any of the boys, Phil, I know was very very close to uh, Phil Hoadley, was very close to Peter and. Yes, we've spoke to Phil recently, not uh, not too many weeks back. Um, Phil came yeah. on the show. Um, 
I think with with uh, Peter, I can't remember what it's for now, but there was uh, certainly uh, it might have been a fiftieth or anniversary or sixtieth anniversary or something or other. I can't remember now. Fiftieth anniversary or something, I think. Whatever right. it was, <laughs> I think probably seventy. 72 was it the Chelsea match I think it was yeah he did did a, did a thing about the Chelsea match in the uh in the Cup for us and, um, yeah so um that was uh that was obviously a, a great memory and Peter um very much part of that as well so as I say he was there for um the, the two good cup runs Peter, and the uh, and he did, 400 odd games for, for yeah, 490 Oregon. in the end all told yes 490 Peter didn't get injured much at all. He was a very physical, demanding player. And when he went to tackle, as I say, believe me, the, the other player who uh, went in with him would know about it. But Peter didn't. He kept his body in good shape. He wasn't really a, a big drinker or anything like that. He'd have a gentle beer every now and then. But uh, he looked after himself very well. He was a good example to all the, the youngsters and, and to us as well. That's lovely. And um, just to keep people up abreast of, of yourself, what are you up to nowadays yourself? I'm uh, I'm retired now, Andy. I, I enjoy retirement. I I'm 74 or somewhere near there. I can't ask. I tend to forget everything. <laughs> so I uh, when mum was when mum was alive, I used to ring up and say to her, "How old am I this year?" And she would say, "You're 62 and you're a fool and whatever." But she'd always tell me because I tend to forget everything. So, but and I, I'm into uh, my meditation, and I, I'm a great believer, and I, I do that. Um, I'm, I'm very strongly into to my meditation, and do it two or three hours a day, and uh, I go on on different courses, and I really, I, I just love it. I just wish I'd have got involved with it when I was uh, playing because. It just calms you down and you feel better. And I don't want to strangle anybody anymore. I just, uh, <laughs> I'm at peace with everybody. And <laughs> yeah. maybe the beer helps as well, Andy. Yeah, but we can't have 11 nice people walking around a football pitch. You know that we wouldn't win any games. <laughs> well, that's right. Please, that's you. No, I insist. No, that's you. No tackling involved. No. Ricky. No, I, uh, so I, I just enjoy myself. I, I come over to London uh, quite a lot, see my sister, and um, we enjoy a, a drink together and a meal together. So life's good. I enjoy it. Uh, Excellent. Well, thanks for very much for your kind words about Peter, and we wish you all the best and a, and a, a very happy, long, healthy uh, retirement, Ricky, and we'll speak sometime in the future. Andy, thank you. But just finally, we, we love Peter. We're very sad that He's uh, he's passed away, but he was a he was a lovely man. He really was a lovely, gentle person, and we'll miss him dearly. Go. Well, thanks very much. That was uh, Ricky Eberlet uh, speaking to me early today, and uh, we were both uh, on the phone at the time. So that's why the that's a bit like the old two tin cans there <laughs> talking to each other at times. But uh, we got the gist, and thanks, Ricky, for that, and uh, some nice memories. And, and and that's really the. The making of a man, isn't it? When when teammates Simon and or former workmates, if you like, for one of better words, colleagues, just remember with so much affection, and he sounds an absolute gentleman. Yeah, completely. I mean, I, well before my time, obviously, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, all I've heard is wonderful things about a great man. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's all around. I mean, the fact that he took new players under his wing. Um, you know, and, and he took them down to his place to stay with him and his wife and, uh, you know, and, and introduce them to things and, and ease their way into the club. I mean, that's good leadership, isn't it? I mean, that's that's uh, that's the sort of person, as, as as Ricky said, you know, you want them alongside you in the trenches. But uh, it, it shows it shows a, a, a role. I don't know if they do that so much nowadays, but uh, where the manager just passes you over, Lee, and says, uh, oh, you know, Go with Peter, it'll show you the ropes. And, uh, you know, it made him part of you welcome to the family sort of thing. I think that shows the club, doesn't it? That's, that's Orient through and through. He was an Orient man. And that's, uh, that's how he, he's, he's, he sort of emphasises everything Orient's about. And that's why he's such a favourite, even for the people who don't remember, uh, didn't see him play. Yeah. He's still a favourite player. He's still known. I mean, 14 years in the in the first team is not really something you're going to see much of uh, in this day and age, is it? No. I mean, well, as simple as that. No, really. I mean, I think Lockwood got close, didn't he? But, uh, I mean, that was, what, 
15 years ago, wasn't it? Now Lockwood. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah now, it got yeah. close, but yeah, no one else is going to, no one's going to beat that. No, I don't think they are. Now let's uh, turn our attention to uh, the weekend and uh, Walsall. Howard, is it a banana skin or is it one that you're confident about? Um, I don't think it's a banana skin. I think we'll go there confident. Um, uh, like I said earlier, probably people will take a draw um, and move on to the two home games and look at the points after that. You know, if you can get get three, was that be three six twelve? That's thirteen out of fifteen points or something like that. You can be very very happy with that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if Walsall's a happy hunting ground for us. I think that's the game where Coxie scored his goal from the halfway line. When it got to give Coxie a mention, um, but uh, I think they've changed their two front boys. They bought the two forwards from Forest Green. I think. Yeah. If I read this week. So um, they got rid of DJ and uh, got those two fellas up front who can score goals if they click. But I think Beckles um, will be happy about that. He knows who they are and can yeah. deal with them in their own way. So uh, n- nothing to fear. Um, I wouldn't be disappointed with a draw. I don't expect to go <clears throat> and walk over teams, obviously. Um, if we lose, I don't know, may- maybe disappointed with a loss now because I think our squad is good enough to go and uh, match every team in this league now. And... Uh, Certainly, uh, I would take a draw and follow it with with two good home wins. Yeah, I feel like Walsall's the kind of place you go and um, they are a decent league team, aren't they? They're a decent club who are going to give you a game. They're quite a big, strong team. Like As Ricky pointed out last night, they're, you know, they're, they're a physical team. We're going to have to stand up to them. But we've come through that test against Wimbledon. And I, I, I did not want to beat a team as much as beating Wimbledon on Saturday and nothing's going to be as physical and as horrible as playing them. So if they're a big physical team, then, you know, we've proved that Orient can go out and beat a big physical team. Yeah. There's also these incentives of all these teams in that, in that pack below. Cause um, was it down to about 14th or 15th? I think Tranmere mm. are only two or three points off the, off the playoffs. Yeah. It's, uh, and they're all battling each other. Although there's another good stat where they said the bottom, um, sorry, sorry, that pack of teams there, uh, have not won. They're only they've only won one out of four. All the teams in that pack, they're all beating each other. Mm. So, which is great for us. Mm. But there's certainly an incentive for all of those teams to go out and do their best. None of none of them are fading away uh, from from 15th. So it's going to be a battle. But um, it is. and the only thing you've got to do is worry about yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Right. If we do our it. job, we, that's it. You don't sorted. worry about anybody else. It doesn't matter what they do, as long as you do what you got to do. And uh, simple as that. Lee, what's your predicted uh, result on Saturday? Oh. Uh, new, new. <laughs> oh, I, uh, no. I, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll take the new, new. But I think we'll, I think we'll nick it. I think one nil yeah. again. Howard. Yeah, I'm, go- I'm only going to go for a nil-nil because, um, going back to stats again, I'm not usually a stat man, but I'm, uh, just reading them all on Twitter these days. Um, I think Orient are the, have got the best defence and Warsaw have got the third best defence in the league, I think. Okay. Fair if I'm not reason. wrong. So, uh, a nil-nil on the cards for me. I think one nil to the Orient. And I'm there with you as well. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks everyone for coming in. we leave you with Barry Galvin with his new version, Bashy 10. It's uh, the new version, fast version. See what you think. When I sit, when I sound, we're the only one of us around. And nowhere we can be found. But sadly, comes again. We'll be trying to do our best. To cheer all those on who wear the vest. Whatever challenge, whatever test. We're laying on you from a ten. We're laying on you from a ten. This is our club. We are proud So sing it up And sing aloud We were formed in 1881 The claps and Orient had so begun The old story on it runs We're late and Orient from E10 Whatever challenges come our way The Orient faithful are here to stay We will live to find another day
This is the club, we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We're not a city, we're not a town We're the only one of us around On the hour, across Brentwood and Billericay This is Phoenix FM News